And we're back for one final segment where we're going to hit on our spotlight player here on Inside Black and Gold for the Saints Week 2 preseason matchup with the Green Bay Packers on the not-so-frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. And this has been a little more complicated than it should be just because a lot of the players that might be my spotlight player probably won't be on the field, right? Like DA already said, Jameis is, you know, he didn't say definitely, but uh, you can infer definitely not going to play. Mike Thomas, I'm, I'm sure, isn't going to be out there. Taysom Hill, I'd be surprised if he's out there. Ryan Ramchek, maybe. You know, Demario Cam, maybe, for a series. But we just don't know. You know, a guy like Rashid Shahid, we don't know. He was supposed to be healthy last week, but he didn't play. So we've narrowed down our list quite a bit. But we have landed on a player that Steve is going to put the spotlight on. And he wants to see, he's very interested in how this player performs. Steve, who is it? Newly acquired linebacker, John Bostick, a guy that spent the last three years with the Washington football team and then commanders, I guess you would say. The artist uh, formerly known as football team. Yeah, exactly. And yes, it was a 2013 second round pick, guy that's got experience in this league, uh, entering his ninth NFL season. And the linebacking spot is we mentioned earlier, just a spot that an area that's a lot of concern with the depth, just because what we thought, what we were going to see with Pete Werner alongside Demario Davis doesn't appear on track, at least right now, because of the groin issue that Werner's dealing with. Uh, we've seen Zach Bond also dealing with a hamstring injury that uh, Dennis Allen mentioned the other day. He's back right now. I'm sure we'll see him Friday night because he's back home in Wisconsin. Ramchek, going back to him, backtracking a little, he did mention his mindset is that he's going to be playing. But then again, he also admitted, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> which is which I thought was funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with, with Bostic, just a, a veteran guy that's uh, a spot that's up for grabs. And uh, I know it's going to be really competing against, you know, a guy like Eric Wilson to me, too, who has been here and is, is starting to prove himself along with Chase Hansen. Bostic, though, I want to see what this guy can bring to the black and gold. And if he has a chance to maybe be that guy opposite to Demario, because it's a, it's a coin flip right now. We don't know. Yes. Uh, one thing I'll say about uh, John Bostic, that he has 555 career tackles. And if I was sitting on 555 career tackles, I'd just retire because that symmetry is too good <laughs> to give up for three games in another jersey. But what do I know? I've never played in the NFL. What happens um, if you can get to 666? Right. You can get that devil number. <laughs> and you'd have to get 111 tackles this year to do it. That would be fantastic. But yeah, with John, I think the question is not going to be whether he can tackle. We know he can tackle. It's going to be whether he can cover. Yeah. I don't know if you can trust him at the will spot. Like that's the thing is like you're bringing in guys, but I think the depth you need is at the will linebacker spot. Cause if you know, Demario Davis probably isn't coming off the field, assuming everything is right. But there is clearly some question of the depth at that position because they keep bringing people in and, you know, they bring in Kiko Alonso. They, they brought in Joe Schober for a tryout brought, they brought in John Bostic. And I don't think you're concerned about Demario or Pete. I think you're comfortable with them. So Whatever concern you have has to be appearing behind them with an Eric Wilson, with a Zach Vaughn, who we should get to see this week. And I think it's going to be important for him to kind of show that he's still that guy. Because, I, you know, for a third round pick two years ago, his roster spot doesn't feel particularly safe. Like I have him, I put up a roster projection today and he's on it, but I, I debated it. And that's a rare thing to say about a, a third round pick in going into his third year. But I think it's genuine. I think that his roster spot is not safe. 
No, he hasn't since coming. He just hasn't really seemed to to mesh in with this defense. I've seen him, you know, being more of a special teams guy, and I, I don't know if that is going to even translate this year. Uh, I, I would almost – I've seen more of, you know, like an Andrew Dowell on the field even than Zach Bond. Yeah, and the fact is Zach Bond has had about the same impact as an Andrew Dowell. They're both just special teams guys at this point. And that's not saying a whole lot about a third-round draft pick. So, you know, take it for what it is, but I think that Zach has a lot to show this week to kind of – and I think if he does go out and play well, I think he very much can solidify that spot. But he has to do it. If he goes out there and struggles, you know, you could see that the wind change for him real quick. A guy like Bostic is interesting because if he goes out and balls out, you know, maybe that's – linebacker room is crowded. It's not crowded with, you know – I don't um, know how do you put that household names, <laughs> but it is crowded. Yeah, and I'm I'm interested to see maybe coming back home for Bawn will will help ignite you know some kind of spark for him because we need something and and I know he's at that point I think too, like I I need to see something more from him. It it the just the contributions on special teams are not enough. Like you mentioned, too high of a draft pick to kind of have have these questions about still. Agreed. Okay, let's move on. Because I want to talk about what I want to talk about. And we've already talked about this a lot. So we don't really have a lot of new ground we can cover. But my spotlight player, much like it was last week, I would have probably picked the same guy last week. It's going to be Abram Smith. Um, And the reason is because I think if Dwayne Washington is really and truly the guy you are looking at to be that RB3, then when, when you're looking at the last running back, it now becomes the fourth running back that you're keeping. And that changes the equation for me because you are not asking that player to take on a significant role in the run game in this season, maybe down the road. But so if that's the case, then a guy like Tony Jones, a guy like Devina Zigbo, who you know about, you know, maybe they kind of drop down the list because this upside guy is there. Right. So I think that, you know, and I talked about my roster projection. You can go check it out in WWL.com. That's also on my Twitter account. I put Abram Smith as that fourth running back and, I know the the fumble on the goal line is is going to stand out, and it's got some people freaked out. But yeah, but it's not a death sentence. Yeah, and I actually think you know at the end of the day that happens. You know, I think you have to kind of if that that'll happen to you at some point in your career. And I think having it happen in you know your first preseason game where you can now be like, oh yeah, that's not happening to me again, right? Because I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I think that's you know if you respond to it the right way, that's a good thing. Because you, you now understand, like, you know, I can't just let my eyes get big because I'm on the goal line. I have to protect the ball. And so that's what he has to show this week. And I think that assuming Dwayne continues to be in that role and doesn't fall out of it, I think he's got a roster spot. Um, you might only keep three running backs. But again, they brought in Abram because they like Abram. I think I kind of look at him more like a seventh round pick than a UDFA, because I think if they had a seventh round pick, he would have been their seventh round pick. And so I think that they there is going to be an incentive to keep him around if they can. And if you can put Dwayne in that RB3 role, then you can put Abram in that RB4 special teams role. And so what I need to see from him this week is to show that, the, you know, you're not a turnover prone guy. That was just a flash in the pan. That was a, okay, I'm going to make sure that I put two hands on the ball in the red zone. And then we can go from there. I'm not concerned about the fumbling, assuming that he doesn't show it's an issue. And But that's why I want to watch him closely and see how he responds to that. 
Um, because I think when you're looking at a guy who you want to keep on the roster for his upside, he has to be moving in the right direction. Um, so this is a big game for him, I think. Yeah, and I think that we saw, you know, the running back rotation, how it went last week is going to be a little different come this game. Uh, Dwayne Washington did get a bit banged up in Tuesday's practice. He was there today, but he was just an observer. Uh, he was not practicing. So it might be a guy like, you know, Tony Jones Jr. that gets the start and then maybe a Zigbo and, you know, finish closing out with Abram Smith or they might, you know, flip flop that kind of thing. Uh, I'm definitely interested to see more of him, too, hoping that he can put uh, that past fumble behind him because other than that, I thought he had a decent game against the Texans, was running hard. We just want to see more consistency, obviously, from him and that uh, I've mentioned it before, that truck stick ability that gets talked about with him being the former linebacker. The speeding bull. Yes. But yeah, hammer, not the nail, mom said. Right, right. (laughs) Hammer the nail, yes. Yeah, and I think... Like I said, if if Dwayne doesn't kind of ascend into that RB3 role, and then Tony Jones Jr., Devon Zigbo, they are the best option in my eyes. If if Dwayne is the RB4, I don't think you put Abram in that role um, because you are putting, you know, because as we talked about with Alvin Kamara, there is some overlying risk of a suspension coming down, and you're asking a lot of Abram if you're putting him in that role. So that's why I think, he needs to a show out and b Dwayne has to stick in that role. And then I feel really good about Abram, but you know, it's all going to, it's all going to kind of set itself uh, in, in the end. I think it says a lot about the room too, or what the, what the, the coaching staff feels about the room. They could have easily, I don't know about easily maybe, but they could have made a move uh, in trading for some uh, running back. And they, they did not this year. I don't know how easy it is. It's it's NFL trades are always hard, you know, because right. you, you're not just going to bring somebody in. Like if you're going to trade for somebody, you'd like it to be, you know, they traded for Mark Ingram last year. That just happened to work because the Texans were in a fire sale and they literally were like, Hey Mark, you want to go back to new Orleans? And Mark said, yeah. <laughs> well, um, of course, when you heard Kareem hunt, obviously saying yes. he want that, that name immediately popped up and it was like, it was definitely interesting, intriguing that with the saints, be willing to make a move there, but I, I don't know if they really want to give up that that uh, hefty of assets to acquire him. And the Browns said no anyway. So exactly. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> they said, we want to keep all of the uh, personally troubled people in our locker room. We're not we getting love rid it. of any of them. Any of them. We want complete disaster this year. Yes. <laughs> Too soon? Uh, anyway. But okay, let, those are our spotlight players, but I do think there are a few other, you know, kind of interesting names that we're probably going to see this week. Chris Olave, no one really talked about it, but he was kind of uh, invisible during that first preseason game. I'd like to see him getting a little more action. Again, it's one of those situations where I think that he has more of chemistry with Jameis at this point than he does with Andy Dalton. So, you know, take that for what it, what it is. And we know Ian Book is not going to be the best at distributing the ball. So I'm not overly concerned with Chris not getting in, involved that much but i would like to see him uh you know at least be more assertive uh and and fight for some balls the other guy elante taylor who was not out there for the preseason opener but i expect he will be out there this week and i'm curious to see how he you know battles in the uh in the secondary because i think that you're probably keep four cornerbacks on this roster that's not a lot and so you know one injury all of a sudden that rotation is three players and Throughout the course of a game, a guy gets a cramp, and that third cornerback is in the game, right? 
When you're the fourth cornerback, unless there are some injuries, you're probably not going to get in. The third cornerback in the roster, they're going to see action in most games. So, you know, I think that what he's able to show in the preseason is going to be interesting because I think you're going to have to depend on him at some points this year. Yeah, on offense, I'm going to be looking uh, at the tight end group and Jawan Johnson. Hopefully he doesn't get overthrown terribly this outing. He's been starting to, you know, show a little more in these practices. And I, I just think he's a guy that is a, a a good offensive threat that just is – he admitted that learning the tight end position was kind of like a foreign language to him last year. And all the nuances that go into it, of course, he says he's biased, but he believes it's one of the, the toughest position to get down in the NFL. So definitely anxious to see more of him and hopefully can hook up with Andy Dalton some. And on defense, I got to say defensive tackle, Malcolm Roach is a guy that uh, has been really coming alive of late. We saw him. I know you highlighted that play against the Texans where he chased down the running back. And even in these practices in Green Bay, he's been really vocal, fired up, and you're seeing that pressure providing up front. And I just want to see that push translate more into the games too because they need someone. Is he going to be that guy alongside David Onyemata? Yeah, and just backtracking a bit to Juwan Johnson, one thing that stood out to me this week was DA gave him a very kind of ringing endorsement. And I think this is the time of year where – you need to listen for the subtext and a lot of answers because it's not just kind of a an answer anymore. It's you're talking to the media, but you're also talking to that player, yeah. right? Because you know it's going to get back to them. And uh, so DA said, I think he's really improved his blocking. I think we felt like there was a talented receiving threat at the tight end position with him. But I think you've really seen improvement in his understanding in terms of what we're doing from a blocking standpoint and really just kind of the fundamentals and technique of it, you know, dot, dot, dot. That's a that's an ellipsis. So I kind of like where he's at. You know, when you hear that from a coach at this point in the offseason about a player who could be on the roster bubble, I think that that's a very positive thing for him. Um, so yeah, absolutely, because if they're thinking about parting ways, you're giving him a pretty big ringing endorsement for these other teams. Yeah, and I mean, you're you're in a situation where there's going to be a lot of difficult cuts. This is a talented roster and there's a lot of NFL players on it. There's more than 53 players on this roster right now that should be on an NFL roster. So you're going to have to make tough cuts somewhere. And it doesn't look like that's going to be Juwan. Um, So we can move on. But then, then here's another one, which I thought really stood out to me. And he's another guy we could watch is Dejon Dixon. Now, I think if you came away from that first preseason game, you would say Dejon had a great game. He was the he caught three passes for 33 yards. He was the team leader in receptions, team leader in yards. But you always have to remember when you're talking about the wide receiver six or whatever, you're not necessarily making the roster because you're the best receiver. You're making the roster because of what you do on special teams. That's vitally important to your role. Now, there's obviously value in keeping around a guy because you think down the road he can be one of those top three, four receivers. But, you know, a guy like Austin Carr doesn't make the roster because of his receiving acumen. He makes the roster because he's excelling as a gunner, right? Kevin White's a good example of a guy who's excelling in special teams, and he might make the roster because of that. If he could but, only tackle. Yes. If he could only do that last thing in every bit of what he does. He does everything really good up to the point where it needs to happen, and then it doesn't happen. Drives me nuts. Anyway, but so Dejon Dixon, here's what DA said. We just talked about Jawan and how he got that ringing endorsement. Here's what he said about Dejon. I thought he did a good job in the game the other night, particularly from a receiving standpoint. I didn't think his special teams was particularly good. So that's an area he's got to improve on. 
but I felt like as a route runner, his ability to catch the ball, I felt like I saw a lot of the same things I've been seeing. That's not what you want to be having said about you at this point if you are trying to seriously make the roster. And Dejan needs to hear that and light that and make fire. Sure right? That's not the the takeaway again, right? Because <laughs> you're not making the roster as a UDFA. I don't care how how much you've been excelling in preseason catching the ball from Ian Book. You're not making the roster unless you are making an impact on special teams. And that's where, you know, I asked Dejan about this when he spoke the other day and he said, yeah, I'll do whatever they need for me. And, you know, I think that the, the willingness is there, but you know, I don't know if it's an effort thing, but he's going to have to step up to make this team. Yeah. To me with Dixon and also Kirk Merritt, those are guys that are possible practice squad stashes, if they, you know, if, if they're, they go on claim kind of thing, but I, I don't think either one of those really have a legitimate shot to make the 53 just because, you know, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and then I'd put in your Marquez Callaway, even Traquan Smith, even though uh, he had that troublesome drop in the end zone. And I've almost come to the point too where, I've almost washed my hands of him just because he's just so frustrating between the injuries and inconsistency. He's been healthy this year, though. He's been healthy, and I thought, for the most part, has had a pretty good training camp. And so I'm trying not to let that that one incident, that drop in the end zone, sway me too much. But, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see what he does in this Packers game, too. But I just think that that wide receiver room is is way too crowded for, for guys like Dixon and, and – and like White and Merritt, uh, it'll be interesting to see even what they do with Rashid Shahid, uh, because we haven't seen that return ability really yet from him. Yeah, and I mean, I will say, you know, they're they're on the bubble, those guys, and I think they are definitely practice squad candidates. And but you know, injuries happen; you never know, right? And that's why you kind of you want to be putting yourself in that position so that if the circumstances do change, and a guy like Traquan isn't going to make the roster for whatever reason, if a guy like Marquez does, you know, kind of falls off, then you're you're right there and you kind of jump into that role and that's where they need to be. I think Rashid is a really interesting case study in kind of the return dynamics and how much this team values a dedicated returner in a league where you don't return kicks that much, you know? And I think we saw with them cutting Aesop Winston that they believe that Rashid can be that kind of backup return guy because that's really what Aesop that was his kind of you know his bag really I mean that's why he was on the roster last year and that's why you kind of kept him around but I think that that's kind of an indicator that they feel like Rashid can get the job done and I think it's also an indicator that Rashid's going to be ready to go because I don't think you would have cut Aesop unless you know Rashid was was out there but who knows maybe maybe Tony Jones will get some kick returns again I, I don't know I did think it was interesting at the practice on Wednesday here that Jameis, obviously, we said wasn't doing any practice, but him and Rashid Shahid kind of huddled up for a little bit on the sideline, and then they walked towards the locker room and went inside. I'm assuming they were doing some work together in the indoor facility, which we didn't get to see at all, but uh, I thought that was good. Obviously, if, if they're putting some work in there, they, they both need as many reps as you can get, and if, if Rashid Shahid is getting some time with Jameis Winston, that can only benefit him, obviously. They might have been getting extra work. They might have been chowing down on the cheese curds. I was going to say that too, right? Who knows? But I think that's going to wrap it up for us here on Inside Black and Gold. Make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to check out the latest on WWL. 
I'm Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. That's Steve Geller. You can follow him at Steve Geller WWL. He's going to be out in Green Bay for another couple of days. Packers and the Saints face off on Friday. We got a pregame show Friday, too. Good First take, that. 3 o'clock, WWL. Make sure you tune in so you can hear more of our wonderful takes and insight going into the 7 o'clock kickoff on WWL. I'd call them ramblings, but I agree. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, who that?